I want, you know what? Maybe I will ruin the next family holiday and I will tell my dad that I think football is really stupid and I think it should be illegal. Look at that damn doggy. Look at him. He looks high. He does. He's not. Anyway, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, hello. I was making sure I was actually recording. And I am. Um, assuming this sounds fine, we have gotten some feedback. We are working on the audio, y'all. Trust Sorry. Me. We are like we have tried a bunch of different locations. Um, we've tried mics, no mics, headphones, no headphones. We'll get there. And we appreciate mm -hmm. your um constructive criticism as well as support. This case is fucking wild. <sighs> this bitch, it is crazy. And I we'll get into that. Um, but before I think we might be reaching some new audiences with this case in particular. So I wanted to say I'm Katie. Marina. Uh, yeah. And we're best friends and we, uh, talk about true crime and smoke weed mm -hmm. and talk about, there you talk about, yeah, that's it. That's the, that's the pod. Like <laughs> today I am going to tell you guys about Aaron Hernandez. You know who this is, correct? Wait a second. This is Gabriel Hernandez. No, 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 not Gabriel. This is Aaron no. Hernandez. I'm not covering that that case. We are never covering Gabriel Hernandez, y'all. This you don't fucking know who Aaron 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 Hernandez, for those of you who don't know, <laughs> was an incredibly gifted football player. Elena. Damn. We I've got a story for you. <laughs> Shit. I, I mean, have, it I, sounds familiar, but I'm not recognizing it the way that I thought I would based on how you talked about it. Because I'm almost positive we've talked about this. So, well, we'll get into it, I guess. Yeah, I'm not a sports girly. I do want to preface that. So I don't know shit about anything about sports. That's not my world. I'm not even going to pretend it is. So if you guys want to like Google his stats and shit, go for it. They're out there. They're probably the first thing out there before what he did. So mm -hmm. that's the problem. But Aaron Hernandez was an incredibly gifted sports ball player. He Where did he play? He played football. He played football. Mm. Um, and I mean, I'll, I'll get into like, he also played like basketball, but not professionally. Like he was like an NFL player. Like he was a football player professionally. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. So I don't know sports, but there you go. Um, we are going to start from the beginning, and because I am the way that I am, we're going to dive into the psychological aspects into this case, and as as and and Aaron as a person. Hmm. Hard for me to say. Hmm. I'm gonna give some quick triggers really quick, um, especially in this first little bit. We're gonna have some mentions of abuse, domestic violence, some like I mean your typical true crime stuff, death, sadness, uh, suicide and homophobia so that's fun aaron was born on november 6th 1989 he was a scorpio and he looks it he looks like a damn scorpio google him he had a huge or not him but someone made a big documentary that was really popular a couple of years ago 
about him and what happens that's what i'm saying like i know who this is but like I was really expecting, I'm really disappointed in myself. I was like, wow, Elena's gonna know who this is. She has to. No, like, I I know who it is, but not like that. Like, oh, girl, I'm gonna tell you then. Doesn't he look like a Scorpio? Yeah. To me, he just, like, I know, I know enough just by looking at him. Mm. I know who Mm. he is. So he was a younger brother to DJ Dennis Jonathan. I think he goes by Jonathan now, but for the majority of this, he'll be DJ. And he was born to his mother, Terry, and his dad, Dennis. He grew up in Bristol, Connecticut. I don't know anything about that. So there's that information for you. Terry and Dennis, like they alone are a lot. Uh, they were married and then they filed for bankruptcy and then the, they divorced, but then got remarried when Aaron was six. So that's kind of a lot. Um, it confused me. So there's that. <laughs> Not gonna lie to you. He had a rough childhood that included mm. abuse and death. Mm. Um, I listened to a five part series on Aaron's life and crimes uh, from Crime from Crime Weekly on YouTube. I love them. I've talked about them before. Stephanie Harlow, love her too. She mm-hmm. is notorious for like doing intense deep dives and she provided like the first episode alone was about his childhood and it was over two hours. Like it's, mm-hmm. I, I listened to like over 10 hours of this podcast for, I feel like I know him, you know? Um, so if you want, where do people even find this information? How do you even get two hours on his childhood? Hours. Oh, I could easily, but I'm not. Um, if you want a deep dive, head over there because this is just this is not that. Gotcha. No, this is not ten hours. No, 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 no. This I'm giving you as much information as you need, but he is he is one where I'm like I. I enjoyed, I enjoyed it as much as you can enjoy listening to people talk about fucked up things for 10 hours, but it was very interesting to say the least. Mm. Um, so yeah, head over there if you want to deep dive, but I'm going to give you the rundown. So his father, Dennis, was strict to say the least and abusive to say the most. Their entire family, particularly Aaron and Dennis, had an extremely strange dynamic. It was weird. Dennis was somewhat of a local celebrity. He was a very good football player in his day, and he played for Bristol Central High School, which is the same high school his sons would later break records in. Um, And later, he played for the University of Connecticut. He was a highly respected man despite issues with alcohol and cocaine. As children, DJ and Aaron would hear countless numbers of times about how they were standing, how it was wrong, how their interests were wrong, their emotions were wrong, and that they looked like homosexuals, except he didn't say that word. He used a slur mm. regularly. Mm. Cute. Yeah. Um, we're just going to take a sharp turn to some sadness, even, even mm. sadder. They would, the boys, DJ and Aaron, would often hide under their bed, sucking their stomachs in to hide from their father who was trying to beat them. They would just make themselves as small as possible underneath their beds because they were afraid. They would hear, this is also rough. 
they would hear Dennis beating Terry into their bathroom sink. But then they'd go out and hear about how incredible their father was and how Dennis would tell them, and like he would tell them how proud he was of them when they like played football together. So strange to me. That's just such a fucking strange dynamic. Briefly moving on to Terry. She was a victim of domestic violence and abuse from her husband, but she abused him right back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay, hey, Terry. There were times when she did not take it. And I'm not saying that she should, but she did some things I wouldn't personally. Um, mm-hmm. Once she took their rotary phone from the wall and smacked Dennis over the head with it. That one I understand. This one. I'm gonna have to pass. Other times she would put out her lit cigarettes on his forehead. That's cold as fuck. Terry? That is cold as ice, dude. That's intense. To just... No. Get okay. out of here. No, that's <laughs> um that's some Al Pacino shit, dude. <laughs> as if it couldn't get worse. Aaron and DJ often witnessed these events, and after seeing the bathroom sink incident where Dennis was beating Terry into the sink. She's all bloody. And she goes, you see this coward boys? He's a piece of shit. He thinks he is tough because he can beat a woman. Now she's not wrong, Mm. but Terry. Terry, you got some issues too. Yeah. So we talk about the burn on the floor. Can we talk? Can we talk about the Siggies? Also, you're raising sons. You know? Mm-hmm. I don't know Stop. about that. I just... Anyway, summing up their childhood, it was rough. There was love, but there was also hate and the super stark difference between the two and, like, the ways that their parents would act towards them is, like, a certain type of trauma alone. Like, that's so fucking confusing. I can't even imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it created confusion, heartbreak, pain, and suffering for Aaron and DJ throughout their entire lives right um so that's a bit about his childhood and his upbringing now we're going to jump into high school and college these years are formative for everybody but for Aaron we can really start to see kind of like a pattern of behavior and even more trauma so fun Mm -hmm. Um, Aaron attended Bristol Central High School and he entered there at 13 years old oh now I'm not sure why but at that age, he was, he ended up playing like varsity football with his, as a freshman with his brother. It has been said that they were like, is he great academically? No. But is he the best football player we've ever seen? Yeah. Let's just bump him up. So we can oh. Mind you, he's like six feet tall. He's big. Yeah. At 13. But also, what? I didn't know that was allowed. Six foot at 13? Holy shit. Because he's, he's a big guy. We'll get mm-hmm. there. Um, throughout his high school career, he broke records for the school and for the state. At 15, he ended up committing to University of Connecticut to play alongside his brother in college, but he would later change his mind and go to the University of Florida. But like at 14 or 15 years old, he's having these universities give him scholarships. Yeah. I want you to come here. Like that's how good he is. Mm -hmm. I'll tell him because he already has too big of a damn ego okay yeah nobody tell him but somebody somebody needs to tell him he sucks (laughs) yes when Aaron was 16 years old 
his father suddenly died after a surgery that had developed complications. And, you know, obviously this changed Aaron in ways that no one can understand unless you've lost a parent that young. Yeah. But we, this is kind of where we see the spiral into his downfall. Um, Dennis's death kind of pushed Aaron into a different lifestyle and pushed him to be around different people. His father was pretty against the boys drinking or doing drugs and without, and without him around, he had no one really to hold him accountable. He started hanging around his cousin Tanya and her friends. These were not the best people for a 16 or 17 year old kid to be hanging around. He started smoking weed daily and this continued until he died. Oh, fun fact, Aaron dies at the end of this. Um, in case you can't tell, I've been saying Aaron was, but yeah, he did this until the day he died. Mm. that's not funny I'm just I'm uncomfortable Aaron was known for Elena we, we're gonna chat about this he was known for chain smoking blunts pretty much all day long and it was said that he would often smoke 13 or 14 blunts in a session I literally said I want us to pause on that for a second because I I genuinely think I would die I think I would die I don't think I could handle that no 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 13 blunts blunts and like if he's not rolling takes an average of 10 minutes chain smoking man you're smoking for like 2 hours that's snoop like straight consistently man smoking while being a fucking professional football how are how does it how does, my asthma could never oh absolutely not that's just oh, i no. but i just needed to take a second with you to talk about that oh that's my just god that's a that's a different fucking level. Him and Snoop Dogg, I'm telling you, they're the only ones. If you don't even smoke weed daily, like that number is just hard to comprehend. Like the amount of money. It's a lot. Ooh, it's a lot. Yeah, and, I, and I told you, I don't think they're like skinny blunts. Like these are like good blunts. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, and the thing is, is that like it's an average of ten minutes. If I'm smoking for a while, I'm already you know a little toasty. <laughs> my lungs are already. It might, it might take me a little longer to finish up those last couple. So it's like that's you could be there for three, four hours. Like that's a lot. That's a long time. That's a really long time. And that that's I excessive. Didn't I didn't see that everywhere, but I saw it enough times where I'm like, we need to talk about this. That's excessive. Not yeah. that he sm- he chain smoked all day. Yeah. Blunts, joints, whatever. Huh? Uh, 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 uh. Um, yeah. So Aaron entered a new lifestyle that unfortunately carried on through the rest of his life. At 17, Aaron moved to Florida with the help of his brother and his mother, who he was no longer on speaking terms with. Aaron was an adult for the first time in his life at 17 in Florida. I think I'm pretty sure the University of Florida is a party school too. Yeah. Like a, like one of those schools, you know? Um, I, I am briefly, I'm going to mention why T- Terry and Aaron were no longer on speaking terms at this point. Uh, there, I'm going to throw a lot of names at you, so just catch up. Aaron's cousin, Tanya, she had a husband named Jeff. I'm unsure where this occurred, when this occurred, or how this occurred, but Terry and Jeff may or may not have had a relationship. And it was suggested that Terry was cheating on Dennis with this relationship before Dennis died. Holy shit. Um, yeah, that's a lot. But Aaron did not handle this well and eventually uh, stopped speaking to his mother and would call her a whore, amongst other things. 
there was one time where he said hi to like everyone around him like in a little group he came up to people and when he got to his mother he said i don't talk to horse aaron aaron i lied earlier that is hard as fuck <laughs> that is ice cold. in this family's blood that is it's cold, cold. god that's cold he's like 19 man fuck horse i don't talk uh, to horse no, that's crazy. First of all, for you to have the balls to call your mother a whore. Your to her face. Your mama. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? It's wild. Um, but yeah, now we're back to Florida. Aaron was on a full scholarship and was playing with some of the best football players he's ever met. I told y'all I'm not a football girly, but apparently the University of Florida put out some of the better NFL draft picks. Um, and Aaron would be one of these NFL draft picks. And in 2010, he signed with the New England Patriots for a $40 million contract. That's a lot. a lot of weed. That's a lot of weed. That's a lot of weed. Um, if you are a football person and you're listening, he played alongside, I believe it was Tim Tebow, is who he trained, not like trained with, but like they went to college together. Mm. So like, they were friends and it you can see in how Aaron texts how different it was with like Tim Tebow who's like hardcore Christian hard like super religious and like Aaron would be like thanks man exclamation mark <laughs> he didn't normally talk like that mm-hmm. um but yeah so that's a person that he played with gotcha I don't know what else sorts yeah yeah. Um, so now that we know Aaron, we know his football career, and we can already see, like, how his story is a little bit tragic. Uh, but now we're going to find out, like, just how tragic. So for legal reasons, all but one crime is alleged. He was either acquitted or never charged. So anything mentioned aside from the death of Odin Lloyd is alleged for legal reasons. Um. Aaron had quite the criminal record as well as the football record. <laughs> After his father's death, he really began to rebel and had issues with authority. On July 16th, 2012, sorry, that was hard for me to read. On July 16th, 2012, two men were shot to death at a red light. Daniel Diabreo and Safiro Furtado, I'm so sorry. Uh, were 29 and 28 at the time of their death. Unfortunately, I could not find a lot about who they were as people, but they were in Boston after growing up in Cape Verde, which is off the western coast of Africa. Um, I believe they were in the military and later settled in the United States in the Boston area. Now, these men met Aaron at a nightclub in Boston. Aaron was there with his friend and drug dealer, Alexander Bradley. Remember him. He... He makes me chuckle. Alexander Bradley. Okay. Yes, Alexander Bradley. Allegedly, the men were dancing in the club, and Daniel and Safar Safiro, Daniel and Safiro walked by him and spilled a drink on Aaron. Mm. I'm unsure if it was his drink, their drink, a lot of the drink, or just a little bit. Alexander later said that it was like just a little, like you, just like if you, if you've ever been at a club. If you're dancing, doing your thing, whatever, walk by, you get a couple drops on you, you know? Yeah, you bump someone. And then... Yeah, like, it's not an uncommon thing that happens. And I 
they, I, from what I understand, they didn't like dump their drink on his head, you know, like they just, yeah. um, Aaron though felt disrespected. Mind you, he is famous at this point. Mm. So naturally he wanted to kill them. Huh. Yeah. After the clubs let out, Aaron and Alexander were driving and witnesses saw Aaron's gray SUV pull up to the victim's car, like next to it at a red light. Um, and someone, Aaron, unless you're talking to Aaron, fired five rounds into the car. And Daniel and Safiro died, and the other three that were in the backseat of the car survived. One of them was injured. Uh, yeah, Aaron was not connected to this until after the murder of Odin Lloyd, where the alleged SUV was found in his cousin Tanya's garage, amongst other incriminating things. Mm. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's just fucking crazy, man. This um, yeah, just along for the ride. Girl, this next part gets me. This is where Alexander Bradley comes in. Uh, Before we meet Odin, I want to talk about an alleged incident between Aaron and Alexander. So Aaron, after the shooting, the double homicide, and other crimes I haven't covered, like stuff he got away with, drunk driving, speeding, just like petty stuff, um, he was becoming increasingly more paranoid. He didn't like iPhones being around him because he thought they were constantly recording, which is valid. But Aaron, pipe down. Um, he constantly. Why do you care if they're recording? Like exactly. Be listen. Anyway, he constantly thought people were testing him out to get him. He was always thinking people were cops. He was like, the FBI is out to get me, man. He's got millions at this point, mind you. He just has early schizophrenia. <laughs> Ooh, funny you mentioned that. <laughs> it's We're not talking about schizophrenia today, but we are talking about brain damage. But before we get there, this, this part right here. So because he's becoming more paranoid, he's also becoming paranoid of his best friend, Alexander Bradley. Their relationship started as Alexander being Aaron's drug dealer, but they quick, like they became like best friends and hung out constantly, talked every day, traveled together. They were besties. They were, I liked them together. They were cute. Besties. Besties. They were besties until, yeah. until Aaron allegedly shot him in the face in Miami. Alexander. Sorry, bestie. Sorry, bestie. <laughs> <laughs> Alexander describes what happened as this. I'm not 100% sure. The five, I said this earlier, the five-part series was over 10 hours of content. But if I'm remembering correctly, in February 2013, the, the men, and potentially others, but Alexander and Aaron, left a strip club in Miami after Aaron thought he saw undercover cops watching them. And Alexander was like, yeah, probably because he killed those two in Boston. Mm -hmm. um, Alexander wanted to go back because he may have forgotten his phone. And Aaron was like, ha, no, because he's paranoid. And he was like, no, we're going to keep driving. Alexander fell asleep in the car and claimed when he woke up, Aaron had a gun to his head and then fired between his eyes. This wound did not kill him. It left Alexander with a prosthetic eye. He woke up in a hospital and claimed to like police he didn't know who shot him, later stating he wanted to deal with Aaron himself. Mm. 
he called Aaron in the fucking hospital, bro. Y'all can't see what I'm doing. Phone, phone. I got my little hand phone. Called mm. him. I was like, hey, bitch. And Aaron fucking hung up. <laughs> Aaron hey, Bessie. Hung up. Hey, Bessie. Hung up. Because. That's uh, so fucking rude. You And then he just like kept calling it back. He's like, no. Yeah. Um, and Aaron you is- You know, I'm returning my call, Bessie. <laughs> yeah, did you block? You just <laughs> shot me in the face. <laughs> it's fucking wild. I just can't fucking imagine it, dude. Aaron is, so he's stupid, but he's also a little smart and never alluded to committing this crime over the phone. Like, Alexander would be texting him. He'd be like, bro, why'd you shoot me? And Aaron would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Anyway. That's pretty, that's pretty clever. Alexander, uh, he's- Yeah, you got shot. Yeah, that's wild. So sorry. Sorry you <laughs> lost your eye. Oh my God. <laughs> sorry you lost your eye. Oh, shit. Wow. Um, Alexander threatened to kill him. Oh. And then was like, five million and it'll go away. And Aaron was like, 1.5 million. And then Alexander was like, 2.5 million. And then Aaron didn't respond. He said, no, nah, that's not worth that shit. By the end of 2013, Alexander had filed a civil lawsuit to settle it, but they, but he ended up dropping it. That bitch, that... Alexander and Aaron and that whole thing could be an, an episode in itself. Like, I'm not... Anyway, they stopped being besties, basically. Oh, no more besties. No more besties. Um, this right. actually made Aaron increasingly more paranoid, especially because Alexander was, like, literally threatening him. Oh, my... Well, of course. I'm, yeah. I'm like, I get it. I get it on both sides, because I'm like, obviously... I would never do anything, anything like that. But if someone shot me in the fucking face, yeah, I'm gonna threaten you too. But yeah. also, if I'm getting threatened for shooting someone in the face, yeah, I'm gonna be scared. And like, this is like, this is a guy who he's got some people, you know. He the threat is not, it's not a loose threat, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. So yeah, he actually went to the Patriots and was like, listen, I want to be traded. I don't feel safe here. I want to go to the West Coast okay. with my family, which I'll get there. Um, and they were like, no, <laughs> the fuck? Go to the Sorry. police if you don't feel You're safe. And he's like, dumbass. no, I'm not going to go to the police because I shot somebody and now they want to kill me. <laughs> like, what the fuck, man? All right. Come on, New England. The Patriots. Jeez. So yeah, now we are on June 18th, 2013. We're going to talk about Odin. Odin Lloyd was 27 at the time of his death. He was the oldest and the only son in his family, and he had two younger sisters. Odin's mother said in her witness impact statement, that's what they're called, right? Yeah. It's an impact statement? When they read them in court. Yeah, the impact statement. I, I'm, I apologize. I don't remember what it's called. But she said, quote, Odin was my first best gift I've ever received. And that ruined me. Personally. Yeah. That made me cry. Because I was that was, really sad. <laughs> that was sad to hear. Uh, anyway, Odin was also a talented football player. And he played for the semi-professional Boston Bandits. Um, he had a shot with football, but got distracted by girls in high school. Oh. So his grades in the sport, like his, what is it? His physical performance dropped in high school. 
His coach for his high school team and then later the Bandits um, said, quote, his talent was off the charts. I could see something special in the kid. If football was something that could get him out of the hood and into college, that was my goal. Odin was a really good guy. Odin met Shania Jenkins, who is the sister of Shayana Jenkins in 2012. Now, who is Shayana? Shayana Jenkins was the fiance of Aaron and the mother of his child. Side note, um, she, I'm not going to name her. He has a daughter, not going to name her. She's like 10 now. Um, and she is like such a perfect combination of her parents, but she really looks like Aaron. Like she has his face. Mm. She, she's a very, she's very cute, but it's really sad. Shayana and Aaron dated on and off since high school and had a seven month old daughter at the time of Odin's death. Odin apparently told his mother that she, Shania, was the one and he wanted to build a future with her. Because the girls were sisters, Shania and Shayana, obviously the men were acquaintances at a minimum. Um, Aaron and Odin would smoke weed together, play video games, and eventually they'd like get closer and go out to clubs and stuff together. This all changed on June 17th, 2013. At 2.30 a.m., Odin was picked up from his home by Aaron Hernandez, Carlos Ortiz, and Ernest Wallace in a rental car. Um, Ernest and Carlos were friends of Aaron's and later were charged with accessory to murder after the fact. Okay. They got plea deals. Um, less than an hour later, so between 2.30 and 3.30, Odin Lloyd was shot to death about a mile away from Aaron Hernandez's home. His body was found later that day at an industrial park. I don't know what that is, but I'm pretty sure it's just, like, a bunch of buildings and, like, rocks and shit. Not sure. Yeah, it's it's usually a lot of, like, factory-type buildings. It's not a residential area. It's not an actual park. <laughs> no, it, it's not a park, and it's not, like, there wouldn't be very many people unless they were working around there, you know? Yeah. Okay. But that's where his body was found, and this was located about a mile from Aaron's home. Um, additionally, at the scene, there was a bunch of DNA and physical evidence that was found. Odin probably knew something was wrong based on the texts he sent his sister less than 10 minutes before he died. Odin texted his sister after they picked him up, stating at 307, did you see who I'm with? And he oh, then immediately. Texted, yep. It's, it, I think it's so scary. And then Hell he no. back four minutes later at 3.11, hello. She texts back at 3.19, my phone was dead. Who? At 3.22, he said NFL. And then at 3.23, he said, just so you know. And then his time of death was around 3.25 a.m. It's fucking horrible. It's so scary. So because this isn't a deep dive, I'm just going to sum up the most compelling evidence that was found at the scene. Um, bubble gum that Aaron was seen purchasing at a gas station. If you're wondering what kind, it was like the blue hubba bubba bubble gum. Ew. Yeah. That was actually my next question. I was like, for you to mention it, it's a pretty solid piece. I was like, so yeah, what, but what it was gum like is it? Chewed pieces were like found in the car, Aaron. Juicy fruit in <laughs> a rental car. I I don't like him. 
this has nothing to do with it, but have you seen those videos where the kids take the full pieces of gum wrapper and all and eat them? No, I had a kid at work the other day though. <laughs> he, so we did a little, like, it wasn't an Easter egg hunt because it, it was just a spring egg hunt, you know, but like, yeah, we did, it was, it was an egg hunt and inside were little like chocolate eggs. Uh, he ate the whole thing. And I had to tell us the parents. whole egg. So yeah, I was like, so he ate tinfoil today before I could catch him. Oh and I'm like, God. ain't no way you just opened that up. Ain't no fucking ain't no way. way. You just like popped it in your mouth. And he sure did. Yeah. He ate it. And he started coughing. And I'm like, that's what you get for eating tinfoil. Let me open it. Oh my gosh. Yeah, kids are fucking kids wild. Are like awesome. I bet you he'll be fine too. He ain't gonna have oh, he, a tummy ache or nothing. This happened a month ago. He's fine. He yeah, he, no, he's fine. He did. Yeah. He tried to do it again, and I'm like, "Can I open it for you?" No. No, and then he got mad at me for trying to help him. So there's that. <laughs> Tell me you work with kids without telling you you work with kids. Yeah. So the bubble gum, um, surveillance tape from inside of Aaron's home. Remember, because he's super paranoid, he has cameras everywhere, including his own. Um, oh inside that's weird but um this was around 3 30 when they got back aaron is very clearly holding the same style of gun that odin was shot with it was a silver glock with a brown handle um the same the youtube series that i mentioned they because the other host was an ex-cop he was like he's like big on like criminal like all the forensics and he was I didn't know. I thought Glock was just a street name for gun. I did not know that it was an actual type of gun. Yeah. More you know, but this mm -hmm. gun was never found. Uh, the text messages that I had previously read, which I just find super ominous. I find it very sad. Um, shoe prints from the scene in the like gravel and the dirt or whatever um, that matched Aaron's a specific shoe that he was wearing and was seen wearing on surveillance tape at the gas station, the same gas station from earlier. These shoes were also never found. Um, this one is my personal favorite. A blunt with Aaron's DNA on it. This was found at the scene by his body. Dumb fuck. Yep. Um, so if you're wondering what the motive was, not super sure. Some say it's because Odin knew that Aaron was cheating on Shayana. Some think that Aaron, quote, disrespected, or I'm sorry, that Odin disrespected Aaron. S similarly, probably how the two guys at the club disrespected him too. Um, and remember, you know, Aaron is incredibly paranoid at this point. Maybe he thought that he, that Odin was coming after him too. Don't really know what the motive was. I don't think it was ever proven. I'm pretty sure the defense was using the cheating on Shayana, but Shayana knew that too. So I I don't know. Um, hmm. Yeah. Nine days later, Aaron was charged and brought out of his home in handcuffs on June 26, 2013. Good. Yes. But I actually remember this. I was not as into true crime as I am now, but I remember people being like, what? Because apparently football players can't be bad people and do bad things. Whatever. No, they can't. No, obviously. Not in America. Um, while in prison, some people said that Aaron was polite and kind. Others said he was threatening. Um, he constantly complained about not getting enough food. Mind you, I will give him this. He is 6'1 and 245 pounds. 
of muscle. I'm sure he is hungry when he's getting the same caloric intake as as the next guy who's five five. And he's a big man. Yeah, yeah, he's a big guy. I don't, I don't, I don't give a fuck. But yeah, that's something to put out there. I thought it was kind of funny. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's just a little story. Apparently, at one point, he had honey buns in his cell, which he wasn't supposed to have. You're not supposed to have honey buns. That's contraband. Yeah. And a guard, six foot one, 245, 300 fucking pounds, damn near. Um, the guard was going to confiscate them. So Aaron, before he could get to the honey buns, Aaron shoved like seven in his mouth. <laughs> I just thought that was funny, and I had to put it in. Ooh, that is Not a big mouth. <laughs> big man, big mouth. <laughs> big man, big mouth. And I'm sure he's like, and I do yeah, if I'm gonna get them taken away, I'm at least gonna enjoy them one last time. Like yeah, I do God. I truly would, truly. Ooh, um, that's dry. <laughs> you probably need a sip of water. The fucking, the fucking officer was probably like, oh, Aaron, man. <laughs> like looking up to Aaron. Aaron. <laughs> you fucking kidding me? <laughs> I wanted one. <laughs> I know, can I have one at least? And I just think it's funny. I'm like, I don't, I think he, he went back and forth between being like a dick and being like kind in prison. Um, yeah. but I'm like, as if I were a prisoner, like a prison prisoner or a prison guard, to be quite honest with you, I'm not fucking with him. This mm -hmm. man is a literal tank of a human being that has been trained to basically fucking battle into people. That's the that's his entire existence. No, mm -hmm. I'm good. Thank you. Oh, do you you probably not? But do you know what position he played by chance? Tight end. Oh, okay. So he was that. pretty muscular. I mean, I don't know he's football a, like that. He's but a like, big guy. He's got different a builds. Big neck are made for different positions. Yeah, like no, no, obviously, no. linemen are going to be your bigger of the bunch. I'm pretty like, sure he started playing as a lineman and then was moved to a tight end. Yeah, um, I know. Like the quarterbacks are like the skinny ones, right? Yes, they so, got to be pretty, pretty thin, pretty agile. Well, this one, th this one, Aaron, he was. I mean, he was 245, but, like, he was, like, a built 245. Like, he was just, mm -hmm. he was just big. He was a big, big guy. Very, very muscular. Yeah. I mean, I'll post pictures on our Instagram. Um, he, he's that kind of guy, well, I'm intimidated by every guy. Let's be real. Just, you know, <laughs> just men. I'm intimidated by mine. But this one, I'm crossing the street, you know? Mm -hmm. He's me. I'm good. Mm. Thank you. Um. So yeah, in May of 2014, he was indicted for the double homicide, the one that we were discussing earlier in Boston, um, and he was later acquitted. Fun fact, his attorney was Jose Baez. Who was what? Jose Baez, who was Casey Anthony's attorney. That's pretty silly. Um, as much as we don't like Jose Baez, he is a very good defense attorney. You got to give him that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so that's why that one's alleged <laughs> but if we're being honest here i mean to defend casey anthony and aaron hernandez and he did he did it he did the damn yeah. thing he got his yeah paper, i guess you know? yeah um i'm not we would do a two for a check i'm not a jose baez stan i'm just putting the facts out there <laughs> uh-huh um 
Odin's murder trial began on January 9th, 2015, and four months later, on April 15th, 2015, he was found guilty and sentenced to life in prison. Um, the two accomplices were sentenced to four and a half to seven years in prison after pleading guilty to accessory to murder after the fact and testifying against Aaron. So they got four years for just being in the car when he did it and not doing anything. Essentially. Four to seven. If you ask Aaron, they're the ones that pulled the trigger. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, and I didn't go into detail on the trial because then then this would be a multi-parter and I just don't want to do that. Um, but I'm tell- it's a very interesting case, y'all. Go look into it if you're into that. Um, but that was their sentences. In April 2017, the double homicide trial ended with his acquittal that I mentioned earlier. And that was April 17th, I believe, 2017. And then on April 19th, 2017, Aaron was found hanging in his cell by his bedsheet and was pronounced dead later at the hospital at 27 years old. Ooh. All of that before 28. God damn! Isn't that crazy? I mean, no disrespect, but that's a life. That's only five years older than us. I know. When that's I'm that's that out, I'm crazy. Like, when I'm 20, like in five years from now, I want a doctorate. <laughs> five years from now, Aaron was charged with a murder. Oh. Anyway, I have a couple more things that we're going to talk about that are, the, it's the psychology part. We've, we've entered. Um, okay. So after Aaron had died, which is super sad. And really, really tragic. I do feel like that's really, really sad. There are some people that think it's like that he wasn't suicidal, that he didn't kill himself, that he was murdered. There are some people that think it's traced to the Illuminati, partially because Aaron wrote in his blood on the walls, Illuminati. He probably said, I'm just going to fuck with y'all one more time. Probably. I would do it too. Yeah. But Where did yeah. he get his blood from? I thought he was hanging. He- he cut, I'm not sure. Not to be morbid. No, but. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I'm pretty sure he probably, like, cut something. I He did, he died from the neck stuff. He didn't, like, slit his wrists and then mm-hmm. do it, you know, but he was bleeding somehow. Damn. And, you know, like everyone else, too, he found God, so. Oh, okay. Um, but, yeah, after he died, his brain was examined, and he was diagnosed with CTE, which is chronic traumatic encephalopathy. I think I said that wrong but essentially it is this is straight from from Google uh this disease is quote a progressive and fatal brain disease associated with repeated traumatic brain injuries including concussions and repeat repeated blows to the head football mm-hmm. um so how did this happen to him and I will get into how bad it was so he, there were a couple, I'm pretty sure DJ, his brother, had, like, written a book or something, because um, I have some, like, direct quotes about about it, um, but he had put in, like, that Aaron, like, fell off something, like, a couple accidents as a kid, he, like, hit his head and got, like, a concussion, and he's probably gotten concussions all throughout his football career, starting at fucking five or six or whenever he started football, all the way till he was in prison, he had mm-hmm. tra- repeated traumatic brain injuries um and by the time he was 27 when he died 
his CTE was so severe it had never been seen in his age category. Um, out of four stages, Aaron had stage three at 27. Holy and shit. And how long are the stages normally? I'm not sure, but I'm pretty sure they said his brain was like a 40-year-old's. Oh, wow. It was, it was, it was intense. He had intense damage to his frontal lobes and internal brain structures. Mm -hmm. This shit is so fascinating to me. Um, he did have added susceptibility to neurodegenerative diseases, um, like some type of genetic marker in his brain. I don't know how they figured it out, but possibly Dennis. That's like, that was my first thought. Like, did Dennis also have CTE from his years of playing football? And that mm -hmm. could explain some of his behavior. Mm -hmm. That's just me speculating. Um, Boston University states that some of the symptoms of CT CTE are memory loss, confusion, impaired judgment, impulse control problems, aggression, <laughs> depression, anxiety, suicidality, suicidality. I don't know if I said that right. Uh, Parkinsonism and eventually progressive dementia. Oh, damn. Yeah, it's an, it's really, really, really sad. And I know a lot of football players have come out and been like, this is what I'm experiencing. Like retired football players are like, I live with this every single day. Um, wow. That's really sad. Lastly, we are going to chat about his sexuality really quick because it is a part of this case. And if you look it up at all, it's going to be there. Personally, I don't want to talk about it too much because I think it's a little yucky to talk about it with him not here. Um, Aaron was never open about this and he, I just feel a little weird about it. Uh -huh. um, after his death, a couple people came forward, one of his childhood friends and one fellow inmate. Um, they stated that they had romantic and sexual relationships with Aaron. The childhood friend stated in like seventh and 11th grade or something like that, like starting very mm -hmm. young. This was something that Aaron struggled with his entire life and was constantly told that he was wrong and it was um, unacceptable. And it had, allegedly, he had been molested as a child by a trusted man, not his father. I do just want to say that. It was not suggested to be his father. Um, and that this quote turned him gay. I do believe that these rumors at least are partially true, but I still feel weird discussing it. Um, I don't think it matters. It just kind of makes us all more tragic. Uh, Cheyenne has since like come out and been like, I don't know any of this. I never knew any of this. He never discussed this with me. I wish he did. So I could have been there for him. You know, it, I, I saw an interview where she like teared up. She was like, it really, really breaks my heart that he was dealing with that alone. Um, and that is horrible. Like, I know he's a murderer. Mm -hmm. but that, that's fucking horrible. Yeah. And I can't imagine, like, he was said to have, like, had emotional outbursts all the time about his father's death, about things like this. Like, it, he's very, very, I, I put it here, I'm like, I, as much as he's a murderer, I feel bad for him, to a certain degree, of course. Um, wrapping it up, though, all of our thoughts always go out to the family members of all victims, including those that never saw legal justice, um, Aaron's mother and brother anyone affected by his actions and his daughter who lost her father at five years old. Yeah. So that's the case of Aaron Hernandez and the tragic death of Odin Lloyd. It's really sad. 
Sorry, everybody. Yeah, that's crazy. That is very sad. Super heavy, that last little bit. And like I said, like, I had heard of his case, and I knew that, like, there was the documentary on Netflix and, like, stuff about it, but I, yeah, I didn't realize, like, the depths to it. Yeah, it's a lot, for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, yeah, respect to the families, and yeah, I just, um, I'm sorry. It's, it's cases like this where, like, no one wins, because, like, you're right, even though he is a murderer, like, you still do, like, feel just bad for, like, him as a human like he was what not a doubt in my head that he was created with yeah his, with the way he was taught with how he got away with everything his entire life yeah. how his father got away with all of the actions he did that's the, we're getting into the discussion part but like shit it's, mm-hmm. it makes me very 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 sad and also can we just be nice to our children please like maybe we are to everybody neurodegenerative diseases yeah let's be nice to everybody but especially our kids dude like what the fuck and like i don't like men i don't i'm sorry y'all are annoying can we be nice i don't like men are like boys because then they Mm -hmm. talk this way can we be nice let people hug people and i don't like Mm -hmm. but shit (laughs) no she don't maybe if i was hugged more as a damn kid i would you know like be Mm -hmm. nice to people god anyway if you're over the age of 21 we're gonna smoke weed now, so. Have Jonas. Elaine has already started. I have not. Yeah. All right. Now, yeah. now be. Now we. Now we're. Now we're entering this. We kind of started yeah. before we officially started the discussion, but like, ugh. And now here we are. Only twenty-one-year-olds. Sorry, I'm super sleepy today, guys. But. Did you nap earlier? I did. I don't have, I have like a few little points, just things that I wanted to remember to talk about. So, I thought you knew this case. What are your thoughts? I, I think it's very sad. And I do agree with you on the, on the thought of he might've been created because I feel like, his entire life like the the things that we do as people are based on things that we learn when we're younger and I feel like a lot of the things throughout his life have always kind of pointed to some sort of violence so no matter what the motive was to even if it doesn't make sense to us it might have made more sense to him because that's how he's dealt with everything his whole life and then you so the CTE in, and it's like he had impulse control issues he had he's fucking like 24 25 like he's young as right like he's like already not and he's a man like he's already not at a disadvantage but you know what i mean like he's already kind of at like a more immature mental state and then you add the trauma and then you add Mm -hmm. the physical trauma to the brain and it's just like it he made he made choices but also i'm sure he didn't think about it at all right and also I feel like when you put men who have certain mental health issues in these spaces where it is very it's not even toxic masculinity it's aggressive masculinity like it is a very it is 
it's it's more than toxic more than toxic masculinity in the sense of because it's so physical that like i i saw this one do you guys remember the super bowl commercial where it was i think it was from tubi where it was like acting like it like changed the channel on tvs for the super bowl if you watched the super bowl there was like a channel that came on um that it was supposed to be like fox and it was like not actually that channel it was like a commercial on Tubi, like the app for your TV to like watch a movie, but they played it like at a part where it looked like it would be starting the game and that someone was controlling the TV. Well, I guess during that, like a lot and during the, the Super Bowl in general, domestic violence numbers go up, but like there's a lot of videos that come out and like of men, like just like yelling, but like at the top of their lungs, like someone is changing the channel for the Super Bowl and they just watch football. I'm not saying football players are inherently angry, but I'm saying that this type of environment doesn't help these it. types of issues. Right. No, 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 like, no. I'll say not only does it not help these issues, it creates and it harms them. Like it's, yes, I, it feel, furthers them yes. in a lot of ways. Listen, I don't give a fuck what people do with, their bodies it's their lives whatever but if just for example if my sister was like hey katie so he really wants to try football i think they are trying to and i'm like i just don't think it's a good idea personally like i don't if i had a son or a daughter and they wanted to play football i'd be like no i'm sorry that's just, i just don't feel comfortable with it because it is like and we are just seeing these numbers come out more and more and more of people like well, yeah i had like 18 concussions before i was 18 that's not healthy. That is damaging. And that literally, yeah. it turns into things like this. And if it's not even like murder, the, I don't know the stats. So I'm don't want, I'm just, I'm just saying here, but like suicide has to be up. Mental illness has to be up. It's like, just why are we, why are we damaging children if we don't have to, you know? I can't remember where I saw this. So don't quote me. But I did see a statistic once that NFL players, on average, have shorter lifespans than other professional sports players. Like, their, I think their average lifespan is between 50 and 60, which is very young for adults. When your national average is 78, that is a, that's very low. That's 18 years below the national average. And it's and it's specifically within NFL former and current players. Like it's it's crazy because like you don't see like like soccer players. There are a lot of soccer players who live to be like 70. Like I I don't know how old Maradona was, which is a very famous soccer player, was when he died, but I feel like he was like a lot older. And I feel like with NFL players you don't see that because they're so much more susceptible to injury just the way that you play the game you are smacking your and like I said earlier linemen are usually bigger so they're forced Uh uh-huh not the Jack Harlow later (laughs) (laughs) um this is a brain bleach Katie just saw my Jack Harlow lighter um and it accidentally went in the dryer so now he looks like Juan Harlow like the paper burned Oh my so god. So now he looks like me. <laughs> oh like, my god. That's Like his hand is like white and then his face. <laughs> That's the man I didn't even notice. 
So sorry. Sorry. Yeah, but that's 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 a little brain bleach. Um I think it's funny. What was I saying? Oh yeah, yeah. Their their death rate their death rates are higher, and I think it's just so sad because sad. the NFL like fails them as a company, and it's kind of like once your contract is up, like that's it. And it's like after your prime, some of them will go on to do things like announcing and coaching and stuff like that, but a lot of them will not. And a lot of them are like, okay, yeah, like I was in professional sports for how many years? Like most of them don't really have a whole lot to fall back on because all their work experience age was in the NFL, which is a good job. But, you know, for jobs beyond that, there's limited amounts. So well, also you have to think like not everyone makes it to the NFL. An extremely small percentage of people do. So we for those that don't make it, they're just destroying their bodies and their brains. For what? Because these, like, Aaron Hernandez made $40 million in four years. Well, he didn't, but he would have made $40 million in four years or five years or however long his contract was. What? That's I can't comprehend A it. lot of fucking money. But then you like... see Odin Lloyd, he was a semi-professional. He played, the, he played the sport because he loved the sport. Like, he didn't make any money from it. And that's totally fine. But it's like, if you see this damage to his body, it's almost like, what's the point? And again, I'm not a sports person. Maybe you are. And maybe you're like, oh, well, it's worth it. Is it? <laughs> is see, it I, I do see the flip side because for a lot of people who do struggle with feelings of anger and aggression and stuff, this is a, this is a very healthy alternative. It's the same way I feel about boxing is like, yeah, someone's getting their ass rocked. But I would rather them be in a boxing ring in a consensual fight than taking it out on, you know, uh, anyone really. But unfortunately, people take it out on those close to them. Like, so it's, it's, it's a double-edged sword because it's good for those who need it, but it is just damaging for everybody involved. You know what I'm saying? Like at the end of the day, it is still a damaging activity. And it, at the end of the day, it is not addressing those issues. It's just giving an outlet. So, yeah. right. Like, you, like, yes. It, and I do, and I do see people's points when they're like, these types of sports and not even just sports, just higher intensity and higher like risk level activities. Like I see how it's, it can be good for some people, but like, you're right. You're not addressing the issue head on. It's kind of like the way that he's smoking weed all the time too. Like I will, as someone who smokes weed every day, I will be the first to admit that when you smoke to that excess and you cannot stop, you are not smoking just to smoke or just to enjoy weed. You're smoking for something else. That's an like, <laughs> that is a that is full on. Like I don't think I have ever gone over like maybe three or four blunts in a day. In a day, that's like my birthday. That's a special occasion. Yes, yeah. that's and that's what I mean. I'm like that is a that is like something is going on and like we're celebrating something or like that is not me on a regular Tuesday that's not me like just to chill out after work like 
that's crazy to sit down and like and the intention to smoke for four hours like ooh. Like, I don't know if that's, and he might've done like 13 or 14 with friends or whatever. He seemed to always be smoking with people too, but that's average of seven per person. Huh? Like if it's just two people, like if he just is smoking with Alexander before he shoots. No, I mean, I am never one to, because then there's also people like Snoop Dogg, which is another form of addiction, but no one wants to talk about how it's socially acceptable to be addicted to weed um i feel like it's more socially acceptable than alcoholism 100 well people think you can't be addicted to weed right which is not the case you cannot be physically addicted to weed but the psychological effects are enough yeah you can't be physically addicted to pornography but people are still addicted to pornography like exactly it's like the way that addiction works to your brain is the same way so interaction inside of your brain it has nothing i mean it has something to do with physical stuff depending on the situation Mm -hmm. but like weed no people can be sometimes i will physically like now i have been physically like limiting my consumption because i feel so scared that i will get to a point where like i'm addicted to it and like now i said that earlier i was going to georgia i'm like i'm not taking weed like i'm not First of all, I don't want to deal with legal implications of yeah. all that stuff. But second allegedly. of all, I do want to uh, allegedly, allegedly, <laughs> I do want to give like my body a break and my body a rest. And you should do that. And you should, um, and and I'm saying this on a podcast where it's all about smoking weed. You should take care of your body because please take it care. Of is getting high is not a dangerous activity because if you're eating edibles or something that's different but smoking inhaling smoke into your lungs is a risky activity so you have to take care of your body with that exactly like Like, smoking weed is probably healthier than smoking cigarettes but is it you know but but do you still want like look at a fucking pipe look at any pipe dude clean all of that shit is on your lungs like i'm sorry to tell you i'm sorry to tell you but that's how it is lungs look like right now (laughs) and that's not funny but it's not funny quite serious funny haha funny weird so yeah i'm kind of a football hater to be quite honest (laughs) i kind of hate it i think the culture is weird but I also feel that way. I'm so sorry if you can hear that background noise. Again, we're working on the audio, y'all. Um, <laughs> um, but I'm not really a sports person in general. I feel weird about anything where people are like, fuck yeah, about I feel uncomfortable about immediately. <laughs> immediately. And this just happens to be football. And it also happens to be damaging people's brains. Like look yeah. at the of his brain. I'll post one, guys. But Elena, you look up a picture. Look, just look up Aaron Hernandez's brain, mm-hmm. and it's like there's there's a hole in the middle of it. Like it's it's insane. And actually, it was interesting that you kept mentioning about like um, the NFL or allegedly whatever isn't taking like precautions. People, when after he died, people I don't I believe it was like his family sued the NFL and was like you are you. I don't remember exactly what they said, but they were like, you you don't protect. Yeah, there's a hole in his brain, dude. It's it's so messed up to me. I think it's so messed up. And like, I'm not saying that the NFL caused this at all. 
NFL, if you hear this, I promise you that is the furthest thing from what I'm saying. No, we're just saying that I feel like, you know, at, at the very least, there should be more checks for this. There should be a way to document this. Like, can we care about it? Just a little bit. Like, millions aren't going to do shit if they're dead. Like, what the hell? (laughs) I mean, hot take, but that's late stage capitalism. (laughs) Um. Anyway, so (laughs) (laughs) it's just fucking weird, and it's weird, and people like. I, I said earlier that I think we might reach different audiences with this. I don't necessarily mean the football people that I'm thinking of because I don't think we'll reach y'all. And if we did, I don't think you're making it this far. Um, mm-hmm. And that's Sorry. okay. And, you know, again, you're welcome here if you are. Mm-hmm. But I feel like the, there's just people that would be so mad about what I just said. Maybe if they put more not even like restrictions or anything, just more safety measures in place for their players like to be documenting this and for them to be going through evaluations because they have a fuck ton of money to do it. They have the best doctors. I'm not. They have. Right. They might. They might. We, We don't know that for sure. But like the same way that they have like the best doctors for when they tear their ACL or something like they should also have the best mental health doctors too. Like they should have people that they can talk to at all times and like stuff. I think a lot of professions should have that, but specifically if this is one of the professions where we're seeing this, the most numbers, we should invest in this. Like, it just makes sense to me. To me, honestly, I think even just more of the bare minimum, like, can we just discuss it? Can we bring it to, can we bring it to everybody's attention? Can we tell mm-hmm. parents, hey, just so you know, before you sign your 13-year-old child, your 13-year-old, I'm mostly I'm saying boy in this situation because that's statistically the people that typically play, play the sport. The 13-year-old boy that is being told that he can't cry, he can't show emotion, everything's gay. We're going to put him in an aggressive sport where we're where it's proven at this point that it causes brain damage to a certain degree or it can aid in causing brain damage and we're gonna just let him go and then if he's like the luckiest of the luckiest he'll make 40 million huh and then we wonder why people are shooting up places yeah and then we wonder why typically men white men are shooting up places i just don't understand why that's so acceptable and why that culture is so i'm on my soapbox bitch i did not expect this but i'm Mm -hmm. like i don't get the culture and I'm just, it's like the same thing with like, boys will be boys. And why is that acceptable? That's stupid. That's dumb. Yeah. Why is having, yeah. why is a 13, 14, 15, 17, 18, 25 year old man having five concussions over an extended period of time? Why is that acceptable? Right. <laughs> it just makes no sense to me. If this was happening anywhere else, we like if this was in any other profession, we would be investigating it. Like, let's be real though; it's not necessarily about the professions, about how much money people make. That's um, true, but what I mean is that, like, if we had like 
garbage men who were getting like 15 concussions like they would like put like safety measures and you know what I'm saying like but for the fact that they make a whole lot of money off playing this sport and they don't want to alter the sport they just let it slide they're like this is just something that comes with playing a contact sport like I mean they're kind of right but I also think like nobody's gonna (laughs) no one is gonna pay to watch like flag football like no touching which I have no problem but I can hear it now like you can't change it it's tradition or shit like that like I don't Mm -hmm. feel like it's too far gone but again that's when I'm like can we have the conversation then can people at least be more aware because people are gonna do what the fuck they want to do but whatever right and I think at the end of the day people are always going to do whatever the fuck they want to do but I feel like just talking about it and being aware of a lot of these things is you know the first step and that's the first place that you look because like we can also look at sports like hockey Uh, hockey are getting beat the fuck either like it hockey boxing a lot of different mixed martial arts um all of these are sports uh and thank you (laughs) like they're all I don't see everybody trying to cancel boxing you know what I'm saying so it's it's just we've just made some of these things socially acceptable that's I think that's 100% more of it it's like yeah it's and it's expected. It's like, mm-hmm. you are a cis man. What do you mean you don't like football? Like, it's like, what? It's, yeah. it, no, I just, it's not for me. I actually remember when I was a child, I remember thinking about this when I first started looking into this case. I was like 10, I think. I went, so long story short, my dad's birthday, we were throwing a surprise party, like at a sports bar. Um, and I went with my mom to like talk to the people. I don't remember. But, he asked me, like, he was probably, like, middle age, like, 30s, 40s, 50s, not 30s or middle age, whatever, but you know what I mean. He was an mm. older age group, and he was like, oh, do you like sports? And I was like, no. <laughs> and he, no. oh, that'll change, because he assumed that, like, I would start liking sports to like men, or, like, to think, or to make men like me. And I'm like, I could not be farther, that could not be farther from the truth. If a man, like, if, if I, one of the first questions I ask when I'm dating someone do you like sports? And if they say no, I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, there's Malcolm. Malcolm. Well, because like there's something for everyone also in the sense of there's a lot of people who don't like sports. Like there's a lot, there's a lot of people who don't like sports. There's a lot of people who don't know sports, so they don't like them either. Like, so it's, but then there are people who are really into it, like really really into it and I don't know I think (laughs) not not for me yeah yeah I don't know like I'm the only sport that I would say that I like actively watch is soccer and it's because I played it for so many years so like for me it's entertaining but a lot of people tell me that they think soccer is boring like me I say that and that's perfectly okay. But it's like, more like, you said you, like, you grew up playing sports. I did not. My parents really tried with both my brother and I. My brother picked bowling, and I picked choir. Like, <laughs> <laughs> sports, children, we were not. Um, athletic ability, we do not have. Um, same, same goes for my older sibling, or my older sisters, and they're my half-sisters, too. 
And it's funny because my dad was actually a really good swimmer. Like he's a good athlete. Mm -hmm. We all missed that. Mm. <laughs> we got our athletic ability from our mothers who both happened to be terrible at sports. Yeah. Just not, so I, I never really cared about it. Yeah. I also think that a, a, a big part of it does come from parents because I knew this guy at one of my old jobs that he was really big into sports like he was playing college football and oh, he uh, no. <laughs> um he was playing college football and he was like no like I want all my kids to like be in sports and I asked him I'm like well what if they don't want to do sports and he's like no they're doing sports he's like I think that there are a lot of benefits to sports he's like they can choose whatever sports they want He's like, but I think that there are a lot of benefits to sports. He's like, I that I would that. argue that like you don't get in other places, which I guess can be true to some degree because well, there's well, nothing like, comparable to sports. Yeah. But, but like in my head, that makes me go, oh yeah, the military can be like, like boot camp, like that shows you discipline. It shows you schedule, like time shit like that. Yeah. That's all beneficial. But do you really want to say that out loud? Like, do you, <laughs> but same with the, I, I do see that point. I am a sports hater, but more so because I just think they're boring, but like, I get the benefit. I, if you want to go for it, that's sick. Do what the fuck you want to do. But if we have holes in our brains, I think we should stop. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, I feel like you could say that about a lot of things. Like doesn't yeah. alcohol do the same thing? Yes. And I think if you have a hole in your brain, you should stop. I think you should stop drinking. <laughs> but I do think like, that's only something we know because he died and he died in a way where his brain wasn't damaged. And I don't right. get any more graphic than that, but y'all know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. um, but which in a way is like, he he's done a lot, I think, for the conversation of CTE, which is great. Yeah. Um, Oh my, we didn't even get into the to the to the gay stuff. <laughs> sure did not get into the gay stuff. Listen, this is almost how I feel whenever race is brought up because I'm like, I am straight. Mm. I don't yeah. feel like I said what I said. It makes me feel a little uncomfortable only because he if he were still alive, he would have been very uncomfortable with that conversation. And I don't think that's for anyone to discuss. But I also get yeah. it. Right. I kind of like it. <laughs> I like that he was gay. Makes me like it. <laughs> I, I mean, not specifically for him, but just in these hyper-masculine spaces, that is also, like, the worst thing. So just adding mm -hmm. all, like, like you said earlier, like, everything is gay. Like, you're right for for men in these spaces like a lot of homophobia is just rampant and just even if accepted if what even if they don't realize it right and they you're right they don't realize that some of the things that they are doing and saying are damaging because a lot of people are like well it's not hate speech unless I'm directly saying like I hate gay people and it's like no there there's a lot more to homophobia than just being like gay people don't deserve you know anything <laughs> like there's yeah, a lot more to that it can be internalized it's like the same thing with like mm -hmm. misogyny any 
any phobia, I guess you could say, like transphobia, shit, mm-hmm. like any anything. It can be internalized, externalized. It can be direct. It can be just subtle comments or even thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, it makes me sad because I, I get sad thinking about anyone struggling in the way that Aaron was mm-hmm. in that regard. And like, it makes me even more sad because I'm like, I don't know what that's like. I've never, right. ha- I've never struggled with that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, I don't, I just, I don't know. I just feel for him, you know? And then I'm like, but mm-hmm. he's a murderer. And that makes me feel sad, you know? Yeah. And I mean, you, it, it is very sad that people f- do struggle with that. But I feel like it's when those types of things come up in cases like this I feel like it kind of reminds people that like there are gay people everywhere Mm because I feel like a lot of straight people can forget that and a lot of straight people don't realize how many people they've probably met that haven't come out it's kind of like when people are like oh so many people are coming out as gay now it's like no 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 only in recent years have people felt comfortable enough to come yeah. out. I'm like, people have always been gay. Gay yeah. people have always existed. It's just whether you knew about it. Like, yeah, whether you so, were in the loop. Exactly, whether you were in on it or not. And I just, I feel like, ooh, this is going to be a hot take. But I do feel like the same way that we should open up about mental health is the same way that they should open up about sexuality in these hyper masculine spaces you know what i'm gonna take it a step further let's open up about gender too yeah i mean let's have these conversations mm-hmm. because oh, wow. i feel like it's so tied to being a man there are a lot of women i know that if they put on football gear they could probably kick some ass like so much of it is tied to being like a macho man who plays football and like when you hear football player you probably think immediately think of man six one three hundred pounds exactly or, i'm sorry a, a large man so it's like big boy. sorry it's very tied to it big boy <laughs> i apologize <laughs> it's it's very tied to it and it's very sad how much they're like because even I am not a man who's experienced this but I know that like bigger men who are not in sports are always told like you should be in basketball you should yeah, be in football blah, blah, blah. tall men bigger men whatever like you uh-huh. like oh you, you you know you'd be great like so it's like I I see it because there's that pressure from everywhere. There's that super, super societal pressure to be like so far into this idea. Oh my God. Here's my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) It's happening. like, Like if you don't fit the mold for a man, you're not a man. Whereas like we forget that like not even other types of men like in terms of sexuality or gender or anything just men in general like there are short men (laughs) there are kings bro (laughs) there are short men there are chubby men there are skinny men there are lanky men there are so many 
different just types that like we're always forcing them to be in this specific image and it fucks with me my little sister is going to be so proud of me because then you have people like harry styles who challenge those notions of being feminine and a man and then all these men have a problem with it like that funny because they're like, I was forced into this box to be a man. And now I'm forcing you into this box. And then there are men who are like, no, I'm going to paint my fucking nails. Like, yeah. And what about it? Like, uh-huh. And what about, I'm going to wear a fucking dress on Vogue. First of all, I think it's really interesting that we each had a soapbox. And yours was about gayness. And mine was about brain trauma. Uh, yep. <laughs> yeah. I think that makes perfect sense. Um, but I think you're so right. It's so strange to me. And it's like this, again, we are just like pro men today. Like fuck yeah. kings, king shit. Because I'm like, we have, like, we're becoming much more accepting, I think at least of like women's bodies and like recognizing and understanding that women look different too. But it's like, men, I see y'all, I see your struggle and I don't, I can't imagine right. being a five foot seven man. So sorry. <laughs> I'm so sorry. But I mean that respectfully. Like, <laughs> yeah. Because y'all get shit from everybody, myself included. Mm-hmm. No. I don't know. I feel I feel like you're right. Like we have just been lost in this movement of and we should be accepting everybody's bodies. Yeah. But you're right. We have been having more of a focus on women's bodies. And that's great. Because of a lot of different issues that women face, but men also face not the same struggles, but um like kind of like parallel struggles, like very similar str- they always have to be strong. They always have to be strong. Like that's just And that's so sad. In, our society we've deemed masculine to always be strong and to show little to no emotion whereas like to be more feminine is to show emotion and those things can't cross those those things cannot flip-flop whereas emotion is just human and to be honest men oh I forgot mm. Mm. I I remember this video I watched in uh, AP Psych in high school but it was like male babies have I think it's a larger amygdala so their emotions are stronger than those of female babies but we suppress them so much more so that's why their emotions turn into stronger emotions like anger like that's why more men struggle with anger issues because they physically have stronger emotions that we're suppressing like yeah. which it, it, it just it blows my mind that type of shit i love brains i think they're so fucking amazing in case i haven't made that clear enough i just like i love your brain decide a physical brain is so fascinating to me and it's just like i I love a good brain i love we we love brains here okay Mm -hmm. and it's just it just shocks me that the fact like amygdalas can change size because of suppression like huh that's Mm -hmm. just wild and then like I truly, like, I, sometimes I forget, because in case you don't know, I work in a behavioral psychological, whoa, in a behavioral psych field. I am going to school for psychology. My podcast that you're listening to right now, I talk a lot about psychology. This is something I'm passionate about. It is my world. Sometimes I forget 
it is not other people's world. And then I'll say things like, like what I said earlier about like the holes in the brains and concussions. Like, what do you mean? You, what, what do you mean? That doesn't make sense. Like, what do you mean? Like, again, why are we wondering why men are exploding with their emotions? Why are we wondering that right. we tell them to suppress it from the day they're born? Like, we don't why? give men a space to do that. No, and that's healthily. fucking wrong. That is wrong. And I'm like, what? The spaces you- they have is fucking football. Full <laughs> fucking circle, bitch, because we fuck, man. And then, like, you just, I just don't understand why people wonder about it. I'm like, it's not a question to me. Mm-hmm. Huh? I just don't get no. it. And it makes yeah, me really I- sad. You're right. We just we just had a full circle moment because we get. I love you so much. (laughs) Yeah, that was that was great. That was that was that was. We're good podcasters. We didn't write that, guys. That was perfect. I don't. I, I, I really. I hope that the the farthest that we get for women, and I know that men have a lot of advantages in a lot of other ways in society, but we still need to take care of people. Everybody. as a whole Everybody. like take care of yourselves and let mm-hmm. can we just take care of each other too to a certain degree because then you have yeah. the opposite and then you have like mommy issues and then come the fuck on when can we can we have a balance <laughs> like right well because you have to help yourself but if you get to if this has been my theme for the past couple weeks if you can't help yourself you need to ask for help like there's it's 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 a give and a take <laughs> and I just feel like we need to help ourselves but also if you notice that people around you are struggling you have to get them some help too like check up on them like hey Aaron why are you punching windows yeah Aaron, why did you shoot those two guys that spilled a drop of liquid on you hey mm-hmm. Aaron, do you need a hug do you need to cry? I feel like those are some not, questions. Not for this to go in a whole other tangent, but I don't know what race he is specifically, but he sounds Hispanic from the last name of her um, He, I, I'm going to double check, but I'm pretty sure he's Italian and Puerto Rican. Okay. Because I feel like specifically, not only for men specifically but in non-white communities and I can only speak from the Latino perspective masculinity is even double and especially when you are living in places like where white men are getting more than you in other ways so you feel the need to overcompensate in different ways huh he grew up in Connecticut like yeah, like I'm pretty sure Connecticut's pretty white. Yeah, there's not a whole lot. It doesn't sound like there's a lot of whole other Hispanic communities that he I can think there turn is. to. Maybe we're wrong. I don't know, but I'm not sure about the Hispanic population in Connecticut, and then the one that he would know. So, like, yeah, because there's I... like a higher mm-hmm. there's a higher Latino percentage in Chicago. I just don't live near them. So like, you know, yeah. it's one of those types of things where it's like, yeah, there's, a, there's, there's people there, but does, does it but make sense I'm for them to there. know them? Like, right. So there's people, but I'm not one of them. So. 
it's you like like we're saying you have to look at someone like as a whole person and all these things and then back to masculinity and sexuality and gender all those things are very very solidified in hispanic communities like it is now becoming more acceptable but in a lot of places still it is not accepted to be gay or any part of the lgbt in um hispanic communities and households and families like a lot of people are still shunned and turned away because of that like in the 90s and 2000s like it just again you take fucking not even ellen degeneres was out dude like (laughs) (laughs) you take this little ball of a human this this tiny little bean and then you stack everything against them and then wonder why they do what they do and it just makes me so sad and now I'm disappointed in life so happy it makes me sad in our system so it makes me sad in our system in our society and the things that we have like been accustomed to because there's like shit that like we can't change overnight we can't change over a generation like it's gonna take multiple generations to let's just keep change (laughs) and you know as as I say that and it sounds daunting but it also starts with like yourself like if the only mindset you can change is your own then you know that's still a point for you and that's the most important so that's the pod and and that's the pod pod. and that's the pod i honestly i could talk about this case i could talk about this case for 10 hours like i get why they Mm -hmm. make the series it's just there's so many little tangents you could go off on and so many things to discuss but in the end we have four people that died at the hands of aaron in some way or another including Mm -hmm. himself at least and then we have countless of countless of other people affected and it's, right. it's, it's it's tragic. I said at the start, I said in the middle, this case is tragic. It's tragic. It's tragic. It's truly a tragedy. Sorry. It's tragic. I feel like our UK listeners, I saw the last time I looked at analytics has gone down and maybe that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <They're> like, <sighs> All right, we'll be more American. What about? <laughs> <Get a> soda? <laughs> Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. Anyway, that's the pod. Uh, yeah, that's a that's the pod. Uh, I try. I and that's jazz. And that's jazz. And that's jazz. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, we did not say our contact information at all. I'll put it in the description as usual. Mm-hmm. Um. Mm-hmm. If I find anything like interesting link wise, I'll put it in the description, but probably not. So, <laughs> if I find mm-hmm. something cool, but yeah. That is the case of Aaron Hernandez and very sad. Check up on people. Check up on people. Check up on yourself. Mm -hmm. Drink your water. Love one another. Be nice to men. I know that we say fuck men a lot, but be nice to women too, but also truly be nice to men, you know? Can we they they get a lot they get a lot of shit already societally. I know that women do too, but lot. God, like, we alone, sometimes it sucks to be a man. Yeah, we've said it a lot. We don't like y'all, and mm-hmm. but we do. We do. We love y'all at the same time. Yeah, yeah. It's a love hate relationship. It is. It is. Trying not to project that. <laughs> uh huh. Over thirty percent of our listeners are now men. We went from fifty to thirty. So sorry if it thinks that we don't like you. No, but I but... get why you think that. <laughs> 
love because we said it. So, but we do love you too. So please yeah. take care of yourselves. And this is the Smoking Gun Podcast giving their take on men, <laughs> on men, on gayness, on on football, on gayness, <laughs> gayness and football. Catch you next time. Love you. See you so. later. No, Hello, Malcolm. Mac just showed up. He want to say bye. He say bye. Bye. bye.